Hi friends, this is Will Parker. Before I jump into today's episode, there's a few things I wanted to put on your radar. First of all, I know that so many schools, especially across the U.S., are reopening and are experiencing some new measure of openness based on increases of vaccines. Um, Others of you have been in school all year long in person in hybrid or um, conditions that were, of course, under the precautions of the CDC. Congratulations on leading in such an amazing time in the world. And with that in mind, I have also just been so encouraged by the shared experiences that principals are having, not just in the U.S., but across the globe. And I wanted to introduce this week the beginning of a series that I'm going to be doing for the next several of Voices from Principals across the globe. Uh, Principal Matters listeners are not just here in the U.S., but um, include people across the world, in uh, north of us, in Canada, in Asia, in Australia, in South Africa, in Singapore, uh, principals who listen in China, and I know that I have left some out in that quick introduction, but over the next few weeks, I just wanted to introduce you to several voices of listeners who have reached out to me during this pandemic to share their stories, because I just want you to be reminded that your experience is not solitary, that the experiences that you have in school leadership are so much like that other school leader who may be across the county from you, or maybe across the country from you, or maybe across the world from you. No matter where you're serving, what you are doing matters. I also wanted to give a shout out if you are looking for presentations about my new book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, Living Your Best Life as an Educator. My calendar is quickly filling for presentations to schools, staffs, and leadership organizations. And I do have limited openings as you wrap up your school year or as you're jumping into fall trainings. So feel free to reach out if you are interested at my email address at will at williamdparker.com. I hope you enjoy this first conversation this week as we start this series on voices from principals across the globe. And I'll talk to you soon. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 238. Hi friends, this is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week we're talking about lessons from an Australian primary school with my special guest, Anne-Marie Ma. Anne-Marie Ma is principal of St. Agatha's Primary School, Clayfield, with 340 children from prep through year six. Clayfield is in the northeast suburbs of Brisbane, which is the capital city of the state of Queensland in Australia. Prior to her appointment at Clayfield, she had been an assistant principal in several Catholic schools in Brisbane and Sydney for 18 years, and then several years teaching in Sydney and New South Wales. St. Agatha's is Anne Marie's first principalship, and COVID hit when she was only a few months into that role. And in today's conversation, we're going to discuss lessons that she's been learning during a pandemic. Anne-Marie Ma, what a pleasure to have you on Principal Matters Podcast. First, just why don't you fill in the gaps on that intro and then tell listeners something they may be surprised to know about you. Sure thing. Thank you for having me, Will. It's wonderful to be here. Um, As you said, I've I've been in Catholic education for over 20 years and St. Agatha's School is my first principalship. Something that 
people might not know about me. Um, I'm a pretty open book, I must admit. Uh, something I do pride myself on, though, is I am a country girl. I grew up on a big sheep property in country New South Wales, and that's where I started my teaching career. So although I might look like a city mouse, I'm very much a country mouse. Oh, well, we have a lot in common then because you know my background after having been a listener for a long time to Anne-Marie. And so there's something about, I don't know, there's something about living in the country that gives you a perspective. I don't know about your experience, but for me, it's hard for me to walk through any place that that's connected to nature without just pausing and stopping and reflecting and trying to breathe in the beauty. Sometimes I get in trouble even in airports because I'll be mesmerized by a new airport that has just beautiful architecture. And I'll be that person that stops in the middle and is just staring up. And I, I know everyone looks at me like I'm an oddball, but I just, I have to blame it on my upbringing. So I don't, I don't know if you've ever had any experiences like that. I, I have something similar where I'm fascinated with people watching because growing up in a very small country town, going to places like airports or uh, even in the middle of the city having lunch, you can't help but look around and just think, there are so many people in this world that I do not know. I'm I had that same, yeah, and I, I had that same experience when I'm commuting. I start counting all the different cars I'm passing and thinking about all these people. I, because where I grew up, the road for at least a couple of miles, I knew every single person and all their families, and I never had to knock um, to come visit. So those are those are great experiences. But let's talk about your own story. And Anne-Marie, I've been sharing a series of lessons at home and abroad from leaders who are also listeners outside the U.S. And so thank you so much for taking time because I'm connecting with you in the afternoon of U.S. time of the next morning for you where you are. So thank you for, for getting up early and, and having this conversation with me. But I would just love for Principal Managers listeners to hear a little bit more about your school. And then how were you able to unpack and provide quality learning for your school when the pandemic hit for you for you all where you live? Thanks, Will. Um, absolutely. The the interesting thing about being principal of St Agatha's, uh, you would have heard in the intro, 18 years as an assistant principal, I felt like I was holding on to the side of the ice skating rink, not really game to jump into the pool that is known as principalship. And sure enough, I did, and a couple of months later, COVID hit. So that was incredibly scary. So during uh, my first couple of months, I guess, uh, I was watching the news all over the world, what was occurring. And Australia, because we're an island, as you know, Australia's an island, uh, tucked away. And quite often, um, when there are uh, phenomena in other areas, it doesn't always hit Australia. So it becomes one of those, oh, that's another country's problem. It becomes a news headline to us. But all of a sudden, those news headlines started creeping into our country. And as a brand new principal, I, I was in shock of what was happening, but I knew I had to act quickly. And I guess the big thing for me was there was a lot of uncertainty unfolding and there were a lot of questions being asked. And so what I needed to do was create certainty in the uncertain. And by doing that, it was around looking at, well, what can I be certain of? I can be certain that excellent learning and teaching will not stop at this school. I am certain our children's safety will be first and foremost. They were the things I could be certain of. So during those first uh, couple of weeks in particular, I was um, searching news channels, uh, reading the 
reading the Queensland Health um, State Health reports and also overseas, really looking at what was unfolding, realizing there was a lot that was out of my control, trying to bring in what was in my control. So it was on the 26th of March that the uh, last year that the um, government, Queensland government, announced that schools would be closing. We would have one week of professional learning days before our two-week Easter break, and then in Queensland we'd be going into a five-week lockdown. Now, no, no doubt there's people who are listening to this podcast at the moment going, five weeks, is that it? <laughs> but for us at that time, uh, that's just what we were dealing with. And so on the Monday morning of our professional learning days that we had, I called all of our staff together and we had a two-hour staff meeting. And in that staff meeting, was we had to set our course straight. A few things I would not budge on excellent learning and teaching had to continue no matter what, regardless of context. And keeping in mind our students, but also our parents, um, parents with children, uh, you know, across multiple year levels, I didn't want one class using Google Classroom, another class using Microsoft Teams, another class using Zoom. We had to get some consistency because, again, in the experience of something so uncertain, we needed to take out some of the factors and create some certainty. So what we did together as a staff was come up with a template that we would use for our daily plan, prep right through to six. The exact same template was used. In addition to that, we worked out what was reasonable as far as um, interactions with students. I said, you have to connect with your students every single day. And I wanted to see more than once a day. So we agreed three times a day for approximately half an hour per session. That was in another agreement we came on. So we went through as a whole staff and identified what are some agreements that we're going to have to ensure excellent learning and teaching will not change. And also that our students' uh, mental health and wellbeing is looked after as well as, our, as well as our families. So we worked through that. We then identified where our staff needed support. And it was absolutely wonderful. It ended up nearly like a, um, an EdCamp style, if you're familiar with EdCamp, where people were putting up post-it notes as to what they needed assistance with. It might be, I need to know how to embed videos in PowerPoint. I need to know how to uh, have quality sound on my microphone. Um, I need to get the best lighting possible for when I'm talking to our students, all of those different areas. And we had people putting up questions on post-it notes then we had other staff members saying, I can help with this, I can help with that. All of a sudden, we had like an Ed Camp style conference that was happening over the course of the next three days. That's what really brought us together. And I think that that was the thing that helped us. And throughout all of those weeks, because we, after that, after that uh, week, we went into two weeks holiday, which really weren't a holiday, uh, because we were anticipating what was going to happen for the next five weeks. I think if we hadn't set that time to be very clear on our vision, very, very clear on what it is that we wanted and what was at the heart of this, I don't think we would have managed as well as we did. Mm. Wow. There's so much there, Anne-Marie. And I, first of all, just want to congratulate you and your staff for the response that you made for your school community. But I just, I do want to pause because I want yeah. principal managed listeners to, to just reflect on what you learned in that situation. And there's several things just going through my mind for that. First of all, just your commitment to creating certainty where there was uncertainty, because you know, as well as I do, how important that is for students and teachers and 
community members. But second, and I, I'm sure you've thought of this, but if you haven't, I just want to reflect on this with you as a congratulations, but the ability of what you did with your staff and modeling for them how to identify problems, find solutions together, create common norms, and then figure out how to reach solutions through collaboration. That's what school is all about. What you were doing there is, 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 is a perfect example of what you would want every one of your teachers to do in a classroom setting if they were doing project-based learning, trying to help students to reach a specific goal. And that's what you guys did as a staff. And so um, I just, I really love that picture of collaboration that was happening as you were stepping in, into that moment. Other thoughts you want to add to that before I ask you another question? I think what we also had to keep in mind was the well-being of our staff. And so we did have, uh, I guess, a number of town hall meetings uh, with our staff, just throwing out, out their what-if scenarios, being able to air their concerns, being able to, to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm worried about my family. And no question was off the table. And it was okay for us to be able to completely be vulnerable with one another, myself included, being able to say, this is why we need to band together. This is what we need to provide. But how can we look after each other in this scenario? And again, we didn't have the answers. There was a whole lot of uncertainty there. But just knowing that we could share that with one another, that we all had each other's back, um, I think that that was something. And considering I was only, I think this was about the five-month mark for me, uh, I started September 2019, and this was March 2020. And mind you, we did have a two-month summer break during that time. So I was still trying to get to know my staff. I was still trying to build trust and relationships. And being thrown into a situation where you have to lead and say, trust me, when people don't really know you, it can, it can be really challenging. And the only way you can do that is, is by being open and being completely vulnerable and saying, I don't have all the answers, but let's work it out together. Mm, I love that. And it's just such a great reminder of what leadership should look like at all times. I, I was recently talking to Emily Pascal, who was a guest on my podcast um, a week or so ago. And she was she said something that I know rings true with you too, which is that crisis don't necessarily shape your culture. They often reveal it. And, I, and so what I love about all of the protocols that you guys were creating together was creating a place of vulnerability and openness and your own willingness to say as a leader, I don't know the answer to this, but through that you're building, you're building trust. Well, during that, uh, during those first couple of weeks where it was starting to really peak just before the big announcement of the lockdown came and I was having a lot of people coming into my office, uh, really stressed out, not sure what was going to happen. Um, we, you know, a lot of people concerned about their jobs as well, um, husbands' jobs, wives' jobs, etc. In amongst all of that, I received the news that one of our beautiful parents, uh, one of our mums at school, has uh, three children at the school, she'd been diagnosed uh, with a very aggressive brain tumour. Mm. Tell you what, nothing puts life into perspective like that. So I had to call the staff together before school one day and this was probably, I think it was about three days before the government announcement of the lockdown. So there was a lot of rumbling and a lot of uncertainty. And I called everyone into the staff room and I told them that 
you know, this is a really tough time and everyone's uncertain and we do, this is the thing that makes or breaks a community. And I, and then I shared with them, whilst we're concerned about this, I need to tell you some news about a parent at our school. And this parent was going for emergency treatment um, in Sydney. It was, it was life or death. And I'm happy to say she got through it and she's... Mm. Incredible, and she's um she's definitely on the mend, but I think that was the thing that pulled everything into. Um, we could do lots of what's what ifs, but when that parent who we all knew, with those three children at our school, we just had to put our stuff aside for a moment and think about that. What a great reminder, Anne Marie, and in my heart was just going out to you and your community as you're telling that story, and so I'm so thankful that she's recovering, and 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 mending well, but. But what a great example of how often in the crisis, maintaining perspective on what matters. And, and I've talked to other leaders um, here in the U.S. as well who have lost staff members, some of them to COVID uh, during this, these pandemics. And, and it really does bring back to, to, to the forefront how relationships are everything. All of the protocols are important. All of the learning is important. But at the end of the day, those trusting relationships are really what matters. Now, as the pandemic continued, you've been able to continue educating your kids through this year, but I know it's looked different. So what, you know, as the, as those protocols have continued through your school year, how have your efforts changed or enhanced to still meet the needs of kids? Mm, Absolutely. Well, after the, after the five week lockdown and when we came back to school, there, there was a lot of catch up to do. Uh, There was, it was interesting to see whilst some children absolutely flourished during that time. There were others who completely struggled. Um, and so it was a matter of really uh, identifying where we were and what we can uh, what we can do. So there was a lot of uh, identifying gaps, working towards um, working towards solutions for those children. As the months continued on, and so now we're February 2021, and we've been back at school as a cohort for a um, for a long time now. Um, I think the thing is, is it's nearly fallen into, I wouldn't say complacency, but it's become a real, it's become COVID fatigue, like many people experience. So ensuring that we are still following COVID protocols. Uh, We had our swimming carnival last Monday, for example, and I, you know, I copped a fair bit from parents who uh, did not understand why we had to reduce numbers on site at at our swimming pool. They were the rules. They were the rules. We all had to check in. That's how it was. Um, however, sort of pulling back from that, as far as learning and teaching in our classrooms, what we've experienced and the way that we have accelerated with the use of technology, it's just broadened our students' opportunities so much. So I don't think we could ever go back to where we were. And that's a good thing. Um, similar to me holding on to the holding on to the edge as an assistant principal before I took the leap as a principal, there were plenty of teachers holding on to the edge, looking into the pool of technology, thinking, oh, I don't know about this. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready. But now it's part of what we do. It's part of our, our strategy and, um, and our students are better for it. The, mm. the resources that we have um, are fantastic and we've got to make sure that we're educating every single student where they are and having high expectations regardless of starting point. Well, and that's a common refrain that I'm hearing, Anne-Marie, in so many conversations is just the 
the innovation and the resilience of, of teachers in these situations, learning things that they never thought that we never thought we could learn before, but learning how to pivot. Do you have an example of, of how that's enhanced learning for kids in ways that you have, that has surprised you? Uh, I think one of the um, great ways that surprised me is um, particularly with our year four, five and six students, um, having breakout spaces in Microsoft Teams to be able to collaborate uh, with their work. These are students now who can uh, work at home, continuing on with work that they've continued at school. And so I guess the format of our homework has completely changed because that classroom is still open into the evenings when the children go home, um, thanks to the use of technology. We're fortunate enough to have a one-to-one laptop program for our year four, five and six students. So I think something that started during COVID, which were the breakout spaces for learning, if we were to pull back on that, we'd be doing our children a disservice because, uh, you know, they're creating so much more now. It's such higher quality. Um, A lot of the work that we're putting in uh, our exemplars, for example, with writing or um, project work, we've got some amazing banks of resources now. The children can dip into those, have a look, and then uh, conference with their teacher saying, I'm not sure about this bit, but I, I think that I've got this part here, so can you have another look at it? So it's really wonderful. That is exciting. And I, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to pause here for a second too, Anne-Marie, and just talk about the challenge of keeping parents connected or teachers in, encouraged through pandemic fatigue, because you're right, there's been so much fatigue among all educators. And so I'm just curious how this has changed the way you communicate or or, or your own resolve in trying to stay connected to, to, your, to your families. Uh, well, something that I found during the pandemic was, uh, and a long time after we came back to school after our five-week lockdown, I was making uh, video, lots of video messages for our parents because I needed to make sure that there was a connection with my face rather than just reading things in newsletters or emails. And I would really urge um, school communities to continue doing that. Our staff did that um, as well, uh, really well. A lot of the teachers were making little videos uh, for parents or for our school community, just to have, there's something so important about having a face-to-face. And even if that face-to-face is virtually, uh, we're doing this right now, having a video chat. And I just think that you can, um, seeing a person, you feel like you're connecting. And for I'm a really very strong community-minded person. And so to not have my community and uh, not being able to have my community on site, I needed to make sure that I was reaching out to the community. Since we've come back on site, uh, we started our year at the end of January and we were able to have parents on site as long as they socially distanced. And it was amazing. It was so amazing. There was most beautiful energy on those first couple of days of school as uh, parents were able to bring their children to school, say hello to their teachers, albeit with masks on or uh, from a particular distance. But that that made so much difference. There's so much energy that comes from being able to connect with one another. I love that, Anne-Marie. Now, I don't want to leave the room without this question to you because some of the initial correspondence that we started through the podcast was after you had received and read through my newest book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, Living Your Best Life as an Educator. So I wanted to just pause there because I know as I talk to school leaders, they're always curious 
what practices other leaders have in self-care. And so I just wanted to give you an opportunity to unpack what are some of the lessons you've been learning for yourself, for your family, for your own experience, either through that book or through um, your own actions. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting, Will, um, as I shared with you, I I bought your book and I absolutely loved it. So I bought it for our deputy principal as well. Um, When I started at the school, as I said, I started in September and I got a new deputy principal in the February. So we were both brand new when the pandemic hit. And it was it was a lot. Thank goodness. He's absolutely amazing. And we work incredibly well together. But there were very long hours uh, that were put in. And I know we both acknowledged at the end of the year that things were completely out of proportion as far as our workload was concerned. And we both made an agreement that this year was going to be different. I think being able to hold each other accountable is really great. But for me, Will, something that I really appreciated about your book is I do have a very strong um, connection with my church. And... um, I found that seeing that as my uh, as one of my sources where I was able to get my energy and I was able to pause each week, um, that was important because when work is all-consuming, everything else pales in comparison, but that's your perception and you've got to be so careful with that because as in your book, people won't stay around forever and so you've, you've got to look after, you've got to look after people Uh, I found during the pandemic it was difficult. My mum's high risk. She's not particularly well. And so I wasn't able to go and see her. However, um, now as things are getting balanced, I've got to make that a priority. I've got to make people a priority. Uh, I think for me, one of the big things is setting the alarm in the afternoon and saying, you know what, that's as much as I'm going to get done today, even though there is more to do. It is the black hole that is known as school. I just need to say enough for today, be happy with what I've done. And it's not like it's going anywhere. It will be there tomorrow. Um, I'm a morning person. So I do like getting up in the morning, having my chance. I've connected back in with journaling, which really helps me uh, set my day straight. And then uh, after my journaling and a a bit of prayer time and thinking, I can then say, all right, I'm ready to start my day. Um, If you don't set the boundaries, I read that, I think it was Atomic Habits, where they say, if you don't set the boundaries, the boundaries will be set for you. And so I think that we've just got to watch whether we're setting the boundaries or whether the boundaries are being set for us. And that's why I loved your book so much, Will, and I think that it's for anyone, but particularly for those deputy principals and principals in their first couple of years, make sure you read it and reread it. For my U.S. listeners, just so you know, a deputy principal is what we would call an assistant or a vice principal here in the U.S. But also in Australia, your school years begin with the calendar, unlike here in the U.S. where we start ours in the fall. And so it's always fun for me when I'm doing, when I, whenever I make fall posts about the beginning of a new school year, occasionally I'll get an email from an Australia friend who's, who will remind me that, no, the new school year begins with the new year. And so that's correct. <laughs> so, so really, that means you've been leading this pandemic for more than just one school year, and so it's it's been an interesting progression for 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 you as well. And of course, that's been the same thing in the U.S. Well, Anne Marie, I want listeners who um, have heard your story to have the opportunity to see your school online or to connect with you. So, as we wrap up, I always like to ask. Um, what is a parting thought or idea that you'd love to live with leaders? And then what's a way that they can stay connected with you? 
Oh, thank you so much. I think the parting thought for me is students are at the heart of all we do. If ever you're struggling with any kind of decision, put the students at the heart of it and the decision automatically becomes so much easier. That's the way I've been leading and it really helps me in any time uh, where I'm not sure of anything. So definitely keep students at the heart of all that you do. Uh, as far as following me, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Anne-Marie Moore, A-N-N-E hyphen M-A-R-I-E-M-A-W. And hopefully we'll might be able to put that in the show notes if that's okay. And you can follow St. Agatha's School Clayfield via Facebook and Instagram. And I can't, we only just opened our Instagram just last week. So I can't remember what the name is, but we'll, I will get that to you. Um, but yeah, please follow us on Facebook. We have a really fun active Facebook page. So that's St. Agatha's Clayfield. Well, Anne-Marie Ma, it has been such a pleasure to connect with you. I'm so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to share your story with me and with Principal Matters listeners. And Principal Matters listeners, as you continue to lead, you can also keep that same idea in mind that Anne-Marie just shared, which is that every decision is easier when you keep students at the heart of every decision. So thank you, Anne-Marie. I appreciate you. And Principal Matters listeners, thanks for doing what matters, and we'll see you next week. You can find other free resources like this one at williamdparker.com.